Wow. Hello, Larry Schmidt. Hello. <laughs> um, Larry, I want to just say thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your of your time. Um, me and uh, my lovely family, uh, we moved uh, two and a half months ago to the wonderful city of Visalia, which is in the Central Valley of California. And uh, it has been a whirlwind of a couple of months, uh, just so much happening. And I was thinking, oh, I'd like to write something or try and make some comments on life so far. And in the end, I just thought, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to introduce a dear friend to anyone who's listening. Um, people will be listening to this from England to New Zealand to Finland and maybe India and France. Anyway, um, I want to introduce you to a very good friend of mine, the wonderful Larry Schmidt. And, um, uh, Larry, uh, even though we've only met each other a couple of months ago, um, Larry made a massive impression on me. Uh, when I first met Larry, and you know, you'll see the photo on the blog. Um, Larry's a big dude, um, and the first time Larry ever, I ever met Larry, I'm I'm pretty sure this happened. Not only was there a bear hug, but Larry, you uh, you kissed me, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's ever happened before, <laughs> even though. In many of the epistles, it commands us to greet each other with a holy kiss. Mm. Um, and and so from that moment on, really, um, Larry, you had a huge impression on me. And uh, I am very passionate in this blog. One of the things I want to do is, 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 to be honest with you, is give a little bit of airtime to people of, of an older generation. Because I think wrongly, the age in which we live idolizes youth in a way that for thousands of years has not been the case. I want to metaphorically sit at the feet of elders, true men and women who have walked through things in this life and have a lot actually to teach us. Um, and often people like that are the ones who are least inclined to push themselves forward. So I, I guess I just want to say, Larry, let's... Let's hear your story a little bit, brother. Um, many people listening to this will be very hungry, even if they've never met you. Um, I've entitled this Conversation with a Cowboy. Is that, can I call you that? Please say yes, because yeah. you look like a cowboy. You've got a... <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, so tell us a bit. Where did you grow up, Larry? Where, yeah. Are you from around here? Yeah, I, I grew up in a town about 12 miles from here. It's a small town. When I was born, it was a small town. It was probably about... Five to 7,000 people. What's it called? Dinuba. I love the way you said Dinuber. Even <laughs> though it's Nuber, it's <laughs> Dinuba. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You are, well, it's a great word. Dinuba. Yeah. And so there was only five or 6,000 probably when I grew up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, so I was born and raised there in that town. Yeah. And uh, farming kind of community. Yeah. Very much farming. And. Um, my dad were he was a foreman of a cattle ranch that was about eight hundred head of cattle, and wow. then they would have calves every year, and they would be sold for uh, meat. Wow! And so it was a yearly thing. You would have uh, yes. new new calves, and then you'd raise them up. And so Amazing. I grew up on a cattle ranch, basically. Have you ever seen the film City Slickers? 
I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy called, I think his name is Jack Palance. Do you yeah. know the actor Jack yes. Palance? He's, you remind me of a very <laughs> godly version of him. He is such a dude. I feel like I'm actually talking to a real life celebrity. So you grew up actually on a cattle ranch? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I grew up. Wow. Well, I grew up in town, but I mean, I was there every day. I okay. worked on the cattle ranch. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So hundreds, thousands of, of cows? There was about 800 head of cows, and then each year they would have yeah. 800 calves, and so you'd have about 1,600, and then plus the bulls that were there, about 40 bulls. And so, yeah, it'd be Amazing. A, close to 17,000, or 1,700, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a lot of babies. Yeah. So, and your dad really was a cowboy. Oh, yeah. Wow, what was yeah. that like? It was uh, pretty tough, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, my. I can remember the first day uh, that I went to work with him, he said, you might be the boss's son, but I'm not going to treat you that way, and nobody's ever going to accuse me of being favoritism towards you. Wow. And uh, he lived up to it pretty well. I got usually the pretty low-end jobs. That's okay. Shoveling poop and, yeah, yeah shoveling hay. Did, did, what, when you think back to those days and your dad, do, do you, yeah, did that leave an impression on you? Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I, I struggled with that, uh, I would say, up until just maybe the last 10 years uh, mm. of just uh, seeing God as being very particular. He's, he's holy. Yes. And uh, perfect. And I wasn't. And my dad was quick to point out when I was making an error. Hmm. And so I just naturally put that on the Lord, too, that wow. he was tough, yeah. you know, because he was perfect. And yeah. I was falling short. What, how did you, I think a lot of people listening, certainly, my, you know, myself, even though I'm sure my dad will be listening to this. And dad, I love you to bits. I think you're amazing. Um <laughs> But all of us, I mean, I'm a dad myself now, yeah. and I know I misrepresent oh, man. the father. Yeah. How? Talk a little bit about how you've gone from, that. I guess, that journey, really, of going from seeing God a bit like your dad in a negative way to where you're at now. And just to say, really, I mean, Larry's not going to blow his own trumpet, but one of the things that has drawn me to wanting to introduce you to this man is is Larry's infectious joy for the Lord, and despite having a cowboy for a dad and some tough stuff that we'll hear about later, um, this man is, he is one of the most infectious worshippers I've ever met. And Larry, you're currently 71, 71 but you have more energy than most 21-year-olds when but. it comes to <laughs> worshipping the Lord anyway. Yeah. So talk us a little bit through that process of how you've, how the Lord's helped you to see him accurately. Yeah. We went... Uh about five years ago, um, we went through a discipleship school that was really for kids. It yeah. still is, and that's <laughs> Foundations uh, Discipleship School. Yeah, and uh, they asked us. That was that's right you after. That's together. Yeah. Okay, that's your. Yeah. And so uh, they asked us right after I retired. Uh, Tim and June Ainley. They asked us if we would be uh, up to it, interested in it, and. My thought was, is I've been a Christian for 30-some years at yeah. this point, and I'm thinking, why would, I, why would I go to a discipleship school for yeah. kids that are just getting started in their faith? And yes. So um, we went 
I said I'd think about it, and we'd pray about it. And so we <laughs> went to Canada for a month to see our kids, and uh, they called us, and we had not even prayed about it. And I mean, I just was kind of like writing it off. And so they called, and I says, ooh, I got to be really honest. I says, I really haven't even thought about it or yeah. prayed about it. And I said, uh, give me a few days, and I will call you right back. I, okay. And so... Deb and I, we talked and we prayed and just really felt like the Lord was directing us that that was the right thing to do, even though it didn't seem to make sense mm -hmm. at that point. And so we went and just the speakers that they had and uh, Tim and June's uh, teaching about the Lord and the Father heart of God just wow. totally melted our hearts and just wow. gave us a true perspective or a lot better, a clearer uh, perspective yes. of what the Lord was really like. Wow. And so that was, since then, uh, there's been other things that I'll talk about that, that's brought that real clear for me, but yeah. Wow. So really just have sitting in an unhurried way, uh, with people who got it, it yeah. wasn't just head knowledge, right? but they really understood in their souls yeah. what it practically actually looks like. Yeah. To day by day, hour by hour, live yeah. in the re in the goodness of a kind father. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Um, how? I mean, you've had some. You've had some some tough things in your life, Larry, haven't you? Yeah. Um, you know, where you feel appropriate. Share a little bit about how okay. some of the things you've walked through, and I guess connecting it to this Father Heart of God okay. revelation. Yeah, it, uh, probably most of the tough things that I've gone through has been brought on by my own decisions. <laughs> and <laughs> right out of high school, uh, I had a girlfriend. Uh, I was 18 and she was 16, and I managed to convince her. Yeah to elope in Mexico. Wow. <laughs> and so we took off, um, I think it was on New Year's Eve, to yeah. go to uh, Tijuana, uh, drive down wow. to Tijuana and get married. And the Lord was just so blocking that whole thing. And because we weren't, our parents didn't know or anything. So okay. we were just going, the, the, freeway over the ridge over to Los Angeles was snowed in and we couldn't, they wouldn't let us pass. And wow. so we had to go home and we had to wait for the snow to melt uh, another couple of weeks. Oh and then goodness. we did it again. But it was like the Lord's hand was trying to stop me, but I was determined that I was going to marry this 16 year old girlfriend of mine. And so we managed to get married. And, uh, so we didn't, it wasn't like a half two case. We yes. weren't, she wasn't pregnant. I mean, she didn't get pregnant until about a year and a half after right. we had been married. Mm -hmm. But she finished, when she finished high school, she got mm. pregnant. And then we had our daughter. And about this time, she just decided that she just did not want to be married. It was 16, was too young. Yeah. And she wanted to still go out and date and stuff. And so she wanted to get divorced. And so she said, you can have our daughter. I'm not even going to go to divorce court. Mm. I'll just give her to you and I'm out of here. And yeah. so we got divorced. And um, so about six months later, she came back and she realized what 
she'd given up her daughter. And so yes. uh, in those days, uh, whoever had custody, the other person only got to see them two weeks a year. Wow. So she could only see her daughter two weeks a year. Wow. And so she realized what a mess she'd done. So then she wanted to come back and get married. She said, you know, that she'd made a mistake. And so mm. I remarried her. And uh, then uh, probably about a year, year and a half later, uh, we had a son. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to go to mortuary college. And so uh, her parents, he was a, her dad was a dentist, and they lived down in L.A., close mm. to where the school was at. And they said we could come live at their home mm-hmm. so it wouldn't cost us anything so I could go ahead and go mm. to, to mortuary college. And so uh, we did that. And probably about three or four months into that, schooling uh she came back and said she wanted the divorce only this time she she wanted the kids wow. and because i didn't have a job i was a student i had no way to support them and so i didn't have a court case you know i couldn't go to yes. court and say i want my children because i didn't have a job and so i lost custody at mm. that point and i got pretty bitter wow. i was uh i started uh, doing drugs and drinking pretty yeah. heavily and I finished school miraculously but uh, I finished it and wow. uh, then I came back to Dinuba after that and then started working in our hometown at the funeral home there and you were roughly how old by this uh, point? I was about 22 at that point oh my word so yeah. all of this had already happened yeah. by yeah. 22 yeah would have you called yourself a Christian at this point no Okay. Not at all. So you definitely did not believe, and no. any conception of God at this point was still very much. Yeah. Well, I I grew up in uh, as a young child. I went to church camps and yeah. and stuff, but I was not really. I wasn't really a believer. It wasn't. No. It, I didn't disbelieve that God was alive. I just didn't yeah. care. No. Wow. <laughs> So let's let's keep walking through your life, as it were, a little bit. What are the next sort of milestones that jumped to mind? Uh, it was probably I was still very much drinking and taking drugs when I came back to work in our hometown, and um, but I had had a couple of bad experiences on drugs uh, of almost overdosing, and yeah. so I was getting kind of scared of that, and yes. I. I just was really disillusioned with that whole laugh, lifestyle because it mm. was going nowhere. Yeah, and so um, it was really rubbing against the working at the funeral home because my boss said you have to go to church, you mm. have to belong to a church, you can't smoke, you can't drink in town, and so this was just a big rub. Oh, I mean, wow. it was everything was against my pursuing drinking and taking drugs. So, uh, yeah. And so I was really at a kind of a crossroads at that point. And, uh, I met Deborah, my current wife. Yeah. And, um, we talked and I said, asked her if she'd like to go out on a date. She said she would. And so we went out and we just really clicked. We just really matched up. And so, we uh, dated for three months. I asked her if she'd marry me, and that was 47 years ago. Wow. Yeah. She's so, she's a gem. Yeah. She's the best thing that ever happened to me wow. next to the Lord. Yeah. So did she, was, did she 
help you become a Christian, as it were? Or did yeah, she, actually. Was she a Christian at the time? Yeah, no, she she had kind of backslidden because she had had a, a daughter out of wedlock. And so when we got married, she had a daughter, but she was living at home with her parents. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So together you kind of... Yeah, and so, yeah, we were, we got married, and then probably within about four months or so, um, she just said, Larry, I'd like to start going to church. Would you be willing to do that? And, Mm. And because I wasn't against God, I was... I loved her so much that I just, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll yeah. go to church with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going because I wanted God. I was going because I wanted to you please her. Yeah. So I just went to church. Wow. Wow. And so. And then you guys had how many children, you and Deborah? Deborah and I have got four daughters. Wow. Yeah. So okay. she has a daughter. Yeah. And then I had two children, a son and a daughter. Yeah. And then we had four daughters together. Wow. And our babies were twins, so... Yeah. Was, yeah. So you became a Christian. You guys were, you know, getting back on track, as it were. Yeah. And raising a large family, yeah. which is never easy anyway, full nope. of joys and full of challenges. Um, but even quite recently, um, you've walked through some, some greater pain, perhaps yeah. the greatest pain. Yeah. you've walked through at all. Yeah, and that was about a year and a half ago. Uh, our daughter, Tracy, um, she called us one Saturday, and she was crying, and her yeah. and her husband were having a, a fight. And uh, she was just telling me that, you know, that her husband wanted her to leave and take her dog and get the hell out of the house and go. And they'd only been married not quite a year at that point. And then the fight was over really something very dumb. It was just that they had, um, they were going to have his grandkids over and uh, our daughter Tracy had to go to work. She had to be there at Mm -hmm. four o'clock in the morning. And so she had to leave an hour before that because she was about an hour away from work. So it'd be up she had to leave by three and she was supposed to take the granddaughters back to their home. So it was going to be like two or three or two in the morning when she had to get up and get going and getting the kids off and everything. And she just said it would work better if we did it a different night. And it just set him off and made him really mad. And so he wanted her out. And so I talked to both of them on the phone and she was just, just, you know, just saying, I'm such a loser. I can't make Mm. anything work. And, so I kept talking to her, and, and she says, let me call you back in just a few minutes when I can talk. And so I assumed that she would call me right back. And mm. within five minutes or so, uh, her husband called and said that um, she'd shot herself. And so... Oh, my word. Yeah. And, and she died instantly? Or? No, she, uh, she was alive, and they took her to... Uh, the big, the next biggest town in mm. Louisiana, which was Alexandra, and uh, they put her on life support. And uh, the doctors just told us that you know they didn't know she'd last minutes. Uh, that it was you know it was definitely she was going to pass away. There was no getting around that. But 
they just said they didn't know how soon that would be. She was on life support at that at that moment, and so uh, we they felt like we didn't really even have time. Mm. They were saying minutes or hours is what they were telling us on the phone, and yeah. so um, it really wasn't. There was no time for us to get a plane to mm. Louisiana and get over there, and so. Um, we had to make the decision in the morning. Her uh, progress had even declined more. She uh, had gotten worse. She was slipping more. Her uh, brain was showing no, yeah. no activity, and so she was brain dead, basically. And so we had to make the decision uh, of, of unplugging the, the life support. And so that was really pretty traumatic. We... Her son is in the Navy, and so we had to try to call him and, and get him on board of what was going on and trying to help him with dealing with all that. And then yeah. all the sisters, all her her sisters, our children, we wanted them in on it because we didn't want to do something on our own. We mm. wanted them to be a part of that. So yeah. yeah. Wow. So then we made that decision. <sighs> Larry, I mean... I mean, obviously, you had been around death yeah. in your job, but yeah. it's, it could have been no comparison. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, no preparation Never, possible. No. <laughs> no, there was just, it was just overwhelming. The first night when she was still alive, I was just laying there in bed. And it was like 2 in the morning, and uh, I was just bawling my eyes out. Mm. I was just, I thought I was going to die. I actually yes. thought I was yes. going to have a heart attack. Yes. And I just spoke to the Lord, and I said, man, Lord, if ever I needed a word, I need a word now. Yeah. Just to help. And he just asked me this question right away. It just came. He just says, Larry, do you love, do you love Tracy? And I said, with all my heart. And he says, so do I. And he says, wow. do you love her any less because she did this? And I says, no, actually, I think I love her more. And he says, so do I. And it was, it wow. didn't take the pain of what was happening, but it just, there was such, to feel the heart of God on that whole thing was just, I mean, it was what I needed. It was just the very thing that wow. kind of, Helped me through that that time, yeah. I mean, you've kind of moved on to where I wanted to 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 talk and to land this. I guess is is probably for the majority of people who would say they do not believe in the Christian God. Perhaps the number one reason is because of suffering. I, you know, how can you believe in a good God when? He allows so much pain. And that kind of logically, there's, you know, I have so much sympathy for people, even listening to this, who have been through agony. And But for you, it seems like having your faith in God, having that something of a clear picture of a kind father, mm. how would you help people to understand how you can still have that belief? and that confidence, how has your heart not grown hard? Well, there was another event that came just maybe two months later is that she was 
our youngest of the twins, mm. and her sister was going to get married uh, two months later. And so Tracy was supposed to be there. We were, you know, she'd yeah. already bought the ticket, you know, and so there was just all these emotions that I was going through, and, mm. and Deb too, of just wanting to be happy for Stacy, who this was her big day, mm. and knowing that it was just so fresh still that Tracy yes. was gone. And so yes. um, I was um, going out to the farm one day. I was just really struggling because I didn't want it to, to, to downplay Stacy's happy mm, day. Mm. And so in trying, I didn't want to be fake, but yet I didn't want to be just a ball of tears either. Of and course. so yeah. I was going out to the farm to just do some tractoring to just kind of hide away that day. And it just so happened that the last two songs before I got to the ranch was the two songs that were at her funeral. I wow. mean, couldn't be the worst two songs in the world for me to hear. I mean, I was oh, a blubbering wow. mess in the truck. I was just crying like crazy. Yeah. So I get out to the farm, I get on the tractor and... I'm just a puddle of tears, and I just said to the Lord, I just said, Lord, I just need you close today. Yes, yes. I just need you to be here. Yes. And uh, he says, I won't get off this tractor. Wow. I'll be here all day. And there was such a presence of God that just wow. came. I mean, it was totally past understanding. Okay. I mean, there was just this peace that yeah. came over me. Didn't didn't shrink mm. the hurt, but it was just I knew he was there. I mean, wow. it wasn't it wasn't like I think he's here or mm. he could be here. He was there mm. on that tractor. I mean, I could just sense his presence there. And we weren't I didn't even get a half a row into the field and he just said, "Larry, you know how much you miss Tracy?" I said, yes. And he says, that's why I'm delaying my return. Because wow. when I come back, time is going to stop for everybody that has not accepted me. They're going to be gone. You're going to see Tracy again. Yeah. Those people I'll never see again. And I saw the heart of God. Wow. That was, it was so logical that he doesn't come back. Because, I mean, what I'm feeling is so under what he's feeling. It's so Gosh. huge compared to my suffering. And, and just knowing the heart of God and seeing that mm. he's given up, his, he's going to have to give up kids that he really wants in the family. He don't want any wow. divided to perish. And so I just saw a heart of God and it's just changed my life. I mean, it changed yeah. me from seeing a dad that was stern and seeing God that was holy and pure and you couldn't prove it. You couldn't yes. uh, perform good, perform enough. good yeah. enough for him to a God that just is in madly in love with us <laughs> and does not want us to miss it. Wow. And so it just changed my heart. And it's, yeah, it's been the hardest thing I've ever gone through, but I'm so grateful for it because God was so faithful to show me his heart. Wow. I think it says in James or in Peter, you'll probably know about our, our faith being tested and being more precious than gold. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if, if, as we finish, if would you, would you pray for, for me and for all of 
for anyone listening. And I think, you know, you've basically said, I think, when I asked you how you haven't grown hard, you basically said it wasn't even you. Yeah. You can't no. claim credit for some strategy of resisting no. bitterness. No. It sounds like what you're saying is in a way that doesn't even, it, you can't even fully logically work out. You have just known a friend. Yeah. And a father who has not taken the pain away, but been deeply, profoundly with you. Yeah. Could you pray for us and yeah. all those listening, Larry, just yeah. for, for a taste of what, of that of that kind father to just break into the hearts of all yeah. those listening? Lord, I just, first off, I just want to lift up anybody that just has such a low self-esteem that they just feel mm. that they're not worthy, that they don't measure up. Lord, I just would pray for them right now mm. that you would just come, wrap your arms around them and just mm. show them just how precious they are to you, Lord, yes. just beyond measure. And Lord, I just pray for those mm. that maybe have struggled with a loss, uh, a tragedy that's just been unbearable for mm. them. I would just pray, Lord, would you do what you did for me yes. and for Deb? Just come. Come and wrap your fatherly arms around them. Just love them yes. like you've never, uh, they've never experienced before. Lord, just give them a, mm. a touch of what it's like to really have a dad that cares more than anything for them. Mm. And Lord, I would just pray for all of us, including myself and for Deb, that Lord, that you would just give us a resolve to know you in a mm. way that would just... Uh, to, to know you, just like Jeremiah was undone. When he got mm. a glimpse of you, he was undone. Lord, we want that kind of glimpse of you. Would mm. you just expose yourself to us? Show us your heart yes. like you did to Moses and that your goodness is just, it changes us. It, it wrecks us for yes. the normal. We don't want to slip into sin. We yes. don't want to get bitter and mm. ugly. Lord, we want to stay close and tight to you because you're good. You're mm. a good dad, and I just thank you for it. Mm. Just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Larry, you didn't have to come here. You didn't have to open up your heart. You didn't have to share, but you have, and I want to honor you with all my heart, so thank you. Yeah. Um, you're Thank a great you for man. letting me show, share my story, <laughs> God's story, because it's really about His faithfulness. Man, I just I've messed yeah. up a lot, and uh, so it just shares how good He is. And I yeah, thank you for letting me share His story. Bless you. Thank you, Larry. Love yeah. you, mate. Yeah, love you. <laughs>